Max Hall and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well. And number 25 of the 50 most relevant is where we find ourselves today. Officially over the halfway mark and now into some very, very relevant names across Supercoach, Dream Team and AFL Fantasy. Marcus the Bont Bontempelli is who we are talking about today. If this is a Supercoach 50 most relevant, without doubt, he's all the way up higher than where he is based on what he can do. If he'd retained his forward status that he gained last year, he's going to be a little bit higher. But we'll talk about, as we go through this episode, why I've got him pretty much smack bang in the middle of the 50 most relevant. It's been a couple of days since we've had the great one Kane on, back since we talked about Max Gorn just a few days ago. And it's good to have Kane back. Hello, buddy. How are you? Really well, MJ. This is a gun of the competition. It's funny. When you look through his averages, I thought they'd be higher across his career. Like he's been mm. unbelievable. I was just in awe, to be honest, that in his past eight seasons, you know, he's barely missed a handful of games across those eight seasons. Yep. You know, the DT average is just ridiculous. It's near on a hundred across eight years, and and that that first year of the eight was his second season in the comp, which I know you teased on the podcast the That's other right. day, and the super coach stuff. Like you mentioned off the top, he's just unbelievable. He's perennially a top eight guy, even in that real pointy end of top three, four, five midfielders. So he's fascinating. I noticed you put him right in the middle. Yeah, right. And that's for a reason, which we want to get to that. We we look over what he did last year, and we'll talk even more detail in a second about what Kane's alluded to, just that incredible scoring consistency for so long. 27 years old, midfield eligible. So even though we gained him at the round six DPP as a mid forward last year across the formats, he did lose that. And, and no one should really be surprised. He kind of scraped into the DPP threshold over those first five or six weeks. Uh, and as a result, CBAs really popped after that. He's back as a mid where he's been for a lot of his career. 145 last year against the Fremantle Dockers in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. Wasn't just his highest score of 2022 in that format. A career high score uh, in that format last year. While a 181 in Supercoach against the Saints. A nice 22 seasonal high. But that is well shy of that. COVID bubble year of 2020, where if you remember watching him take on the Adelaide Crows, it was when they were arguably at their worst, and he destroyed them in that game with a 199 in Supercoach. Really champion title. Just give him the one point. He deserved it. His average is pretty much a flatline ton for you in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. It means in those two formats, he's just a touch over $910,000 in Dream Team. Well, a fraction under $900,000 in AFL Fantasy. A 116 average in Supercoach means in that format, $639,500. And Kane, you alluded to a couple of things there right at the top of the episode. Since season two, he's barely missed a game of football. Since season two, he was a mid-forward eligible for us that year, breakout season, and became a premium for us year two. Since 2015, his lowest seasonal average 
is a 92.3 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team and a 102.9. He's one of the most damaging players in the game. When the game is on the line in the contest, what do the Bulldogs do? They make sure Bont's around the ball. When there's a clean bit of footy that needs to be used, they look to get the ball in his hands. When there's a contest or a clearance, whenever something the Bulldogs need at any part of their game, Luke Beveridge has had the blessing for the better part of his coaching career to lean to a modern-day great and almost without fail, Bont has not failed the Bulldogs or fantasy coaches for the better part of half a decade. No, spot on, MJ. And I think that's always the important thing when we look at you know, the numbers is what's some of the context behind the numbers? Because when I just think back to Bont's season last year, it felt like everyone was underwhelmed. You know, we were hearing how he was battling with injury and especially in that early part of the season. And I guess this is where the burn really set in last year, wasn't it, MJ? It was the coaches that started him yeah. because he was just, you know, was hovering fine. around that. Yeah, like it was fine. You know, five weeks, it was 101 in DT, 111 in Supercoach. Now it's clearly unders off the back of that 2021 season. Yeah, But clearly it was the next two weeks where that injury noise started getting really loud. He went 73 and 84 in DT, 88 and 115 in Supercoach. And then he actually missed that round eight game. They, they really, right. you know, he was struggling. We heard that it was one of those things where we're going to give him the week, try to freshen him up a bit. And since then, it was basically back to the bond that we know and love. From round nine onwards, it was 104 DT and 120 Supercoach. So I think that's where we're looking in terms of value. I think that is where we're at with him. And maybe that's why we couldn't put him up much, up much higher because he doesn't ever play bad enough to get him cheap in terms of starting a new season. Yeah. There might be opportunities in a season as we always know, but absolutely as we sit here right now, and this is obviously all as we build our starting squads is Bont still had a really good season last year, albeit below his usual output, a hundred DTMJ and, and 116 Supercoach. That's still really, really good, especially in Supercoach where we know that's more his game. He's yeah. never really been a guy that we go, if I start him, I'm going to keep him for the whole year in detail. I'm really confident in his top eight. And if I don't start him, he's right on the top of that big board of, I want him in my team throughout the season. He's been a guy that if it lines up and it's the right price when you're upgrading, you're more than happy to grab him. But he's not a guy, if you don't start, that you say, I'm putting a spot aside in my starting in my team. Yeah. And as I upgrade going, I one of those upgrades needs to be Bond, which we know in the past, if you didn't start a Tom Mitchell, you were like walking on eggshells until you could make that trade and and put him in the team. But we know in Supercoach he is that guy. When you're, you know, building your team, you're starting you're picking your starting mids, you're jotting down the ones you want. He's always in that list of ones you want because he's always around the mark. And um, I think that's the fascinating thing, MJ. A hundred in DT, he's shown that he can get up towards 108, which he's right on that fringe of being top eight, but also providing a good amount of value. Yes. Whereas when you look at the super coach side, 116, he hasn't shown across a season that he can go much higher than that in terms of his no. career years. I say only a 119, <laughs> but I know delving deep into that 2021 season, which, you know, he was so close to winning a Brownlow. Mm. There was long stretches, you know, more than half a season where he averaged 130. It was insane. So I think that's what's interesting is that he's already better in Supercoach. 
Yes. Now he's better priced and he hasn't shown on career averages to only go from 116 last year to his career year of 119. But yeah. it does feel like with a guy like Bont, there is a season where it's 120 plus at least. Yeah, and could it be this season? And that is the big question for coaches. Four years in a row in Supercoach where he's gone 114, 116. Look, really, if you round up that 119.7, he's there at the 120 mark. And then last year, the 116. He is without question in that format of Supercoach, one of the safest players to end, to start the season going, will this premium midfielder go 110? The answer with Bont is barring injury, yes, because in that format, everything he does brilliantly, that format rewards. Whereas Dream Team and Fantasy, where volume of ball um, is more valuable, he still gets more than his lion's share of it. But when you've got some other names in that side that also have and get plenty of football, he becomes more valuable with the impact of what he does with those possessions rather than without it. And we see that contrast even just last year, 11 tons in dream team and fantasy, just the two of them, he translates them into 120 plus scores. Now, last season prior to that, so 2021, it was around about a 50% conversion of hundreds turning into 120s in Dream Team, which alludes to that career year that Kane talked about. While in Supercoach last year, um, those 18 tons that he scored, seven of them he translated into 120 plus scores. Uh, you look at what he did in 2021 and 16 tons, 12 over 120. He does have the 150 plus ceiling about him too, um, which does help that. Now, remember, I just glossed over 18 tons as if it's not much. Three games last year, he didn't hit the 100 marker in Supercoach. Just three, which is ridiculous. And of those three, the lowest was 88. So when you look at Bontempelli, um, you're looking at a player that in Supercoach, safe, can be a captaincy consideration, has pushed the limit of 120. And when you think of volatility of can a guy get tagged out of a game, Bontempelli is almost untaggable either because someone can't match him at ground level and so he beats them in the air or they can match him in the air and he beats them at ground level or they can do both but they can't athletically hold with endurance with him he's just so good in so many different areas he's durable as Keynes mentioned it it's always there but I suppose I've got two questions really it's three questions I want to ask you Kane. With a guy that's as safe and dependable, really across the formats, I think what we're paying for is what he probably is. What's your philosophy? Is that just take it? You don't need upside at that price point? Or are you thinking, no, he'll drop away and I could get him there. What's your process with a guy like Bont, who's really his standard variation of scoring in cash really isn't that much? Yeah, I think it's different for all the formats, MJ, just because of the nature of his his upside. I think for Supercoach, I do see an upside. You know, I look back mm. at last season and I see that, you know, this is a guy that, as I mentioned, he had to have round eight off, which is really rare for him. But I look what he did post-buy and, and it feels more the Bontempelli we know. So it was 105 DT, but it was 122 in Supercoach. And it was mm. back to that consistency, you know, of that final run of games low scored 98 
all the rest were over 100. Yeah. So some of those ceiling games were back in there. Some of those ceiling games were back-to-back. He went 181, 161. Ooh. I just feel like in that format, there's enough of a jump that you're also getting top eight with a little bit of value. Now, we know the game is changing with the extra trades. We have Correct. to We have to adjust our logic to that now. I think as we sit here now in late Jan, that, that's really hard to talk structure without the rookies because mm. – if you've got, if you're flush with rookies, clearly you need to spend your cash somewhere, and you're going to have a more guns and rookies approach. Mm-hmm. Now, clearly, if we don't have as many rookies, you can't afford those premiums, and thus the mid prices come in. So I, I find it really interesting because we know that a lot of those mid prices popped last year. So there's that balancing yeah. act of, you know, last year mid prices worked, mm-hmm. and people were able to pick them, and they did a great role. Some of them even were season long keepers. Yes. But that's always the hard thing with fantasy footy is MJ isn't it is just because it worked last year doesn't mean it will work the next Again. year now we can always you know glean things from it and we're always trying to improve but at the end of the day it's about picking players that are going to improve that are yes. going to create value or are going to be guys that we want for the whole year and just give us the most important thing which is points yes as much as we love cash and we know that cash end of the day serves the purpose of getting more points so my point being for Bond and Pelly and Supercoach I think he does present a bit of upside. Yeah. I think there might be, you know, two to three to four, maybe five, six if you're lucky, if it's one of those seasons where he's absolutely red hot. I think some yep. of the reasons for that is, you know, Josh Dunkley's departure should open up a midfield spot. Now, we know they're sure. very deep in the midfield. Yes. But also the forward line's been strengthened, not just with the draft and recruiting of the previous years with, Jamara, the flexibility of a Sam Darcy mm. coming in. Aaron Norton's really consolidated himself as mm-hmm. you know, an alpha of the competition. But also we know, you know, a Rory Lobb's come in. Tim English is really proficient if he needs mm. to go forward as well. So it feels yes. like in the forward line, they're quite right, deep. But we do know that they're not afraid to spin a Caleb Daniel through there, an Adam Trelaw, a Bailey Smith, no, Liberatore, McRae and Bont. You know, that's just people would dream of that midfield, let alone the depth that they can incorporate. So I always wonder, is that something that has clipped Bont in the past? You know, hmm. a Tuke Miller or Jack Steele maybe don't quite have the support that a Bont does. Because hmm. you know, when you're talking about getting clearance, it's hard to beat Tom Limbatore. When you're <laughs> talking about a bit of that mix, you know, McRae is, he's in that. He can get a clearance, but also he's one of the best kicks inside 50 in the comp. So there's yeah. some competition and that does suck away some of those points that maybe would go to Bont if he didn't have that support. In DT and AF, MJ, mm. AF, it feels like more of a play if you're hoping for a return to that 108. You're getting your seven, eight points of upside. Yeah, He's around the mark. If you yeah. had to hold him because you've got some other dramas, you're happy to. If you're really flush, he's a guy you could move around his buy and just mm. maybe get to that next year. But like always, you're watching to see what happens ahead. If the eighth midfielder's doing what he's doing, you're going to just strengthen elsewhere. So totally. for me, that's the thing I think is really fascinating. I think the coaches that are leaning into Bont see that it was a regression on 2021. Yep. They love the narrative of Dunkley out, Lob in, Jamara developing, Darcy and, and Josh Bruce even can provide yeah. some flexibility back forward. So I guess with Bont, what's happened in the past, if there has been a run of injuries, 
which we did see at the start of last year. We did, when yep. Bruce which is how we got the DPP. The yeah. yeah, exactly. He earned that DPP for a reason. So that's another factor, I think, where for me, I've just gone, okay, when we got to post-buy, it was a lot more of a stable role for him. The body was back where he knows it can mm. be. And he started performing at about five to six points of upside. So I think that's where you're at. But at the end of the day, MJ, it is Marcus Bontempelli. He could have that breakout uber, uber. A 110-year in one... dream team and fantasy is, yeah. is well and within his capacity. And a 125 in Supercoach isn't, well, isn't out of the question. So I think that's where he's really tough is there's guys like a Tom Green, a Luke mm. Davies Uniac, Tom Mitchell that okay. are, you know, a sizable price cheaper that are, people, people are sort of forecasting that they'll get close enough. And that's maybe where a bond is hard for some people is they're looking at Oliver. They're looking at McRae who has done those consistent 120s. you know, one twenty plus scores. A Miller with that buy is quite advantageous now mm. with that coming out that, you know, it's gonna be best eighteen in that Geelong and Gold Coast week. So I think what's happening is people are going, you know, Oliver's done this massive average before, Laird's done it before, McRae, Steele, Miller. I like them. Yeah, I like a bit of value chasing a green, a Davies Union, Mitchell. Take your pick in that sort of bracket. Totally. So I think he might be a guy that gets a bit more momentum. MJ, as people Mid-season. start, or even I reckon as they get closer to the preseason, where we go, oh, I need to save thirty k here because I need to get a rookie that I didn't think I'd need to get. We know yeah. that's where I think he'll come in. But I yeah, think I'll drop Miller down now, to Bont because it gets me the structure. Yeah, I want. you sort yeah. of start chasing those those pennies, don't you? And you don't want to maybe change the rest of your team. And I think you'd be very happy with that. But I think as we sit here now, he is getting slept on a little bit across the formats just because you want the top top. You know, the guys you feel you have massive confidence in being top three, yes. or you're looking for those guys that are a bit cheaper than a Bont and you think can get to that tier. They're going to have their big jump here. So yeah. I think that's always an interesting thing in the starting squad, isn't it? Is what's your balance? You know, how are you building? What are you totally. sort of looking for in that first two weeks when you've got that free look? What are mm. you trying to build into your team that you can maybe be quite flexible with that trade boost in particular in D team super coach yeah. to restructure your team and maybe grab any of those mid prices or rookies you've missed. Yeah, it's an interesting one. He's got this history over his career in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team of being a 100 to 105 guy, but having these six, eight, 10 week stretches of going 115. If you can time him right in that format, you're away. In Supercoach, safest 110 guy just about in the in the comp, like probably outside of it. An Oliver in Supercoach. He's as safe as you get historically alongside of his teammate in Jackson McRae. So I think the narrative you're telling yourself, if you're choosing to look at Bont as an upgrade of going, I think he's just going to give me what he is. And as I get through the season, at the right price, I'll jump on. For those that are looking at him, you're looking at the potential inbuilt value that Kane has mentioned, both from a what he did in 2021 um, what some role changes have happened around him through trade. By the way, in 2021, there was 11 games that Dunkley didn't play uh, for the Western Bulldogs. In the 11 games they played together in 2021, Bont averaged 97.2 and a 107.2 in Supercoach. However, 
in the 11 without him. He went at 118.5 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team and 132 in Supercoach. So we're talking a, a differential of 21.4 points in Fantasy and Dream Team and, and 25 in Supercoach. So these are the little things you start to tell yourself with Bontov. At worst, he'll be what he is. At best, I could get the banner year out of him. And these become the factors. And as Keynes mentioned, that $30,000 doesn't sound like much now. But as you've seen the rolling lockout start, a player in your team not have the greatest start, you look at the Bulldogs fixture, you look at how many games at Marvel, and all of a sudden you find yourself talking about a guy that you're like, oh, I'll get him later. I'll get him later. And you have him. It's why 25% of super coaches right now are just trying to go, I'll just take it. It's safe. A few days ago, we talked about Zach Merritt in Fantasy and Dream Team, one of the safest 105 midfielders you can get. And I think there are some parallels in Supercoach for Bontempelli. Safe, reliable, durable, but maybe with some upside. And if you can time it right, then you really get the cherry on top. He's a good player to own. His draft day is interesting to me, though, Kane. Definitely a format-dependent player. Where are you picking him on draft day? I think if we start with the super coach side, sure. MJ, he's he is in that second round, early third. Third, it'd be hard to see him be much into the third round, just with yeah, the I pedigree agree. that he's got and how safe. So I think for me, second is where you're paying. We know mm-hmm. that the midfield line is really, really stacked. There's so many yeah. guys that are that are really, really good. But I just think, you know. Guys like a Darcy Parish who are sort of that rung below, like they're not going ahead of him. No. Yeah, maybe you could argue the guys above him would all go ahead of him, depending on your draft. But I just yeah. think, you know, I've got him in that top eight. He's a pretty. He'll be a pretty popular he, M one, won't he? Yeah, absolutely, MJ. I, I'd be. The only way you're getting him as an M two is if you're probably, you know, on the got, turn. Yeah, if you're yeah, on the yeah. turn and you go mid mid, but for me, I've yeah, he'd be. Mid second round, early yeah. second round is where I'd have him, just purely because you keep it moving. You know he's going to be in that you discussion. That. Obviously, captains on helps him a bit more than um, off because if it's off, you're more inclined to go for those forwards and get that depth. But if you need the captaincy, um, Bont's always good there. Now in the midfield, he is that rung below. I think yep. he's more in of dream a, team and fantasy. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think he's more of an M two. Yep, I um, think so too. And that's okay. Like probably a late M2 at that, maybe even yep. bordering on M3. Um, clearly there's upside there. But again, you're arguing for a lot of guys below too that can make that jump. You know, Parrish, Tom Mitchell have all totally. shown that they can have their own runs of form. But um, the durability, the reliability of role, being the captain and just being one of the best players in the competition. Totally. Uh, that's always a great tiebreaker for me. You know, if you're, if you're having concerns about, you know, how will that Essendon midfield structure up with a new coach? How totally. will Tom Mitchell go at a new club? Like you sleep easy with Bontempelli. Oh, yeah. And I think for some coaches, there's big appeal in that. And that's always the beauty yeah. of draft, isn't it, MJ? There's some people who go, I'm always going upside. all upside. If everything breaks right, I want the highest upside. There's some people who can go, I'll do a bit of this, do a bit of that. I'll take more of my risks in, you know, round eight, nine, ten onwards. Yeah. And obviously, you know, some people are just, I'll be super liberal with that waiver wire in the first couple of weeks and just anyone that pops, I'm just on. And yeah. hope you get it that way. So 
I think Paris for a lot of coaches is oh, sorry, Bontempelli is just yeah. safety, just safety. Yeah. I feel good. Who knows? There could be a Ford status, but I'd be surprised. It would take a lot of injury carnage too. at the dogs um, it, to move in it, there. It's but a, it's a stress-free selection, isn't it? It's that pick where 100%. you go, I, 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 I know you, you don't win your draft historically in the first handful of picks. Um, so he, he won't win you the draft, but what he will do is – he will be a very, very nice building block for you, no matter what you choose to do in the middle and latter portions of, of your draft. Hey, Kane, as always, mate, an absolute pleasure. So thank you for your fine work on this conversation around Marcus Bonds and Pelly. No worries, MJ. Pleasure. If you want to go and check out the article on Bont or any of the other plays we've revealed so far on the 50 most relevant, you can go and check it out at coachespanel.tv. Not only are all the articles of the 50 most relevant that have been revealed up there for you now, there's some official open leagues for AFL Fantasy and the official groups for Supercoach. You can go and get in those. Kind of pit yourself against not just members of the coaches panel are in there, but the followers of the coaches panel community, there are some very, very good coaches that will be in that group. So if you think you've got what it takes to be the top member in one of the fantasy footy groups of the coaches panel, all the links you can find for that are at coachespanel.tv. If you're enjoying these podcasts, leave a nice five-star rating and a review and help others that are looking for fantasy footy content, help find the coaches panel that haven't found it just yet. And of course, for just a couple of bucks a month, you can join our Patreon. You get exclusive content, hidden access to a bunch of groups, podcasts, early access to these, and a heap of other elements. All the links to join our Patreon supporter group, you can find them too at coachespanel.tv. So tomorrow, we start to get into the yeah, 24s, we're going to say is mid-20s. Let's go with it. The mid of the early 20s, 24. He historically has been one of the great premiums of fantasy football, like one of the modern day greats. There were some things last year that didn't go his way. Some of them, in fact, I would say all of them, were outside of his control. But he's got a bright new future in 2023. And in a line that people are really divided over, he could be the difference. Who am I talking about? You'll find out tomorrow in the 50 most relevant.